0: Be attentive. Brethren, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and move among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing unclean. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you. And you shall be my
1: sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves Let's from every difference. defilement Let's of body and
0: spirit. And make holiness perfect in the fear Amen. of
1: God. He you, the reader.
0: to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman From that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon, but he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, crying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's able. And Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly.
1: Peace be to you who reads the good tidings. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As has been mentioned in the past, last week, I know we mentioned it, at least during Theology 101, that when we read this reading of the Canaanite woman, which we don't always get every year, we know that uh, we are entering the next week into the Triodion period. And that means that uh, we are in the, officially in the pre-Lenten period next week with the publican and the Pharisee. So uh, just a little heads up. We know that Jesus forbid his disciples to go anywhere and preach and teach among the Gentiles. He limited them to only go out to the house of Israel. And yet, here we see Him going to the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is a land filled with Gentiles. It is not a land filled with Jewish people. And so we see Jesus sort of breaking his own pattern and taking his disciples with him. And it's important, and this is why I'm mentioning this, because he is intentionally going to meet this woman who is a Canaanite. She doesn't know this, the disciples don't know this, but Jesus knows it. He also knows that she has a daughter that is severely possessed by a demon and that she is desperate and that she knows about him. Again, she doesn't know this and the disciples don't know this. Furthermore, he knows that four times he is going to deny her. And that she is going to exemplify great faith. Greater faith than he sees in the land of the Hebrews. And I'm telling you this because it's important for you to know that he is not just denying her to make it difficult for her. He already knows before he takes his disciples up to Tyre and Sidon that he is going to heal This woman's daughter. It's important for us to know that sometimes God tests us. But He never tempts us. His testing is to prove our faith. To bring us closer to Him. It is always, without exception, an expression of His love for us. For every single way that the Lord interacts and acts in our life is always an expression of His perfect love. But the disciples and this Canaanite woman, in real time, they may not clearly see this. And even us, reading the story, we may not clearly see this. And that's why it's really important to know the things that I've said ahead of time. Jesus loves this woman. He already knows that she has great faith. He foreknows everything. And yet, He is not in any way controlling her freedom. He's respecting it. He is entering into this dialogue in order to prove it. Not only to herself, but also to His disciples. And this is how He interacts with us as well. But we may not see it, we have to trust it. We have to cling to the fact that He loves us, cling to the fact that it is His will that we be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that in trusting this and clinging to this, no matter what is going on in our life, we have to understand that God is working in us, motivated by love and for our salvation. So what happens? She comes up to Him, and remember that her daughter is so severely possessed that we don't even know if she's conscious. We don't know what degree of awareness she has at all. And so she comes up to Him and she asks mercy on herself, and then explains that her daughter is severely possessed. Jesus does not answer her at all. That is rejection number one. Then the disciples, because she is crying after him, they ask Jesus to send her away. Now, some of the fathers actually believe that they want Jesus to quickly do what she's asking and then send her away. So it's not as if they don't really care about her or don't have compassion for her. But her crying out to Jesus knowing that she's a Canaanite woman, they say, send her away. That's rejection number two. First, he ignores her, and second, his disciples beg him to send her away. How many of us, at this point, would continue? Probably not that many. But she, she does continue. She perseveres she says Oh, actually after after the disciples ask her to ask him to send her away then he answers to her i was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of israel that's rejection number 3 i wasn't sent to the gentiles But then she answers and kneels before him, saying, Lord, help me. It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Oh, actually, she says, Lord, help me. (laughs) Actually, there's another rejection in here. I missed one. There's five rejections. And she then says, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then he says, A woman great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. And he healed her instantly. Now it's interesting that the overall theme of this gospel passage is her perseverance in faith. Her perseverance in dialogue with Jesus. But one of the things that we may miss in this interaction between the two of them is that even a crumb from the Lord is enough for her. Now don't miss something here. Because who is invited to the master's table? The house of Israel. This is who Jesus sent His disciples out to, both the 12 and the 70. And this is who He was going to consistently, to the Jews, preaching the Gospel based on the promises of the Old Testament. They were the ones who were to sit at the table with Him and to eat the Master's bread. But for her, a Gentile, it is enough to eat a crumb and she will be filled It has been said by a priest that I know in San Antonio, Father Dan Suchu, that the Protestants take a crumb of the fullness of truth and they devour it entirely, not even knowing that they are hungering for more. But the Orthodox who have the fullness of truth nibble around the edges and don't eat the whole thing. 2,000 years ago the Hebrew people, the Jews sat at the Master's table and had everything presented to them but only nibbled around the corners And they were starving, but didn't know it. But this Canaanite woman just wants a crumb to fall from her master's table, and it will fill her exceedingly. The the lesson here is that the more familiar we are with what is around us, the more we take it for granted. We may have the fullness of truth as the Orthodox Church, but are we hungering and thirsting and eating it all and allowing it to really, truly fill us? Or do we see others who come to us realizing that they are in want and all they want is a crumb? And then eventually maybe they get tempted to become too familiar and start taking for granted and then miss partaking of more and more and more that our Lord and His love and the Holy Church offers us. The key here is to always remain like this Canaanite woman, to never allow ourselves to take for granted this fullness of faith and the invitation to sit at the Master's table and to partake of all that He wants us to be able to have to continue to say, Lord, I am unworthy, even a crumb, knowing that He will give you more and more and more because you hunger, because you persevere, because you continue to exercise your faith. The final point that I wanted to bring up, and it's something I didn't even think about until this morning. I don't know if I've ever thought about it. You'll have to tell me Sometimes when you get to be my age, you tell things that you've said before, but you don't remember. But this is a mother. And she cares for the salvation of her daughter. Now, her daughter may be severely possessed. That just increases increases her awareness of her daughter's need. But she's a mother, and she wants her child to be whole. She wants her to be saved. She wants her to... She wants the best for her, plain and simple. What parent in this room does not want that for their children? Now sometimes we misprioritize what's important. We maybe sometimes prioritize the wrong values. But I would say that push come shove, all of us would want the salvation of our children. If we could see what eternity is and we could understand what paradise has in store for us and we could see hell, we wouldn't want anyone to go to hell. How much more our children? It's easy to miss that she is persevering and tenacious and faithful for the sake of her child. My dear parents, we need to never stop parenting our children. To do whatever it takes, respecting their free will, respecting their age appropriateness, whether they're this tall or whether they're some of these big high schoolers or some of these young adult collegiates, we never stop being parents. We should never stop in our tenacity, in our perseverance, in our prayer before God for our children, in bringing our children to Jesus so that they can be filled, so that they can be healed, so that they can be reminded of the truth in the midst of all that they are facing in their life which is a tremendous amount. Remember, the closer and closer that we get to the end, the greater feat, spiritually speaking, it is just to have faith. Just for these young people to try to stay chaste. How many young people in their class at school are fasting or even know what that means? How many of them are denying themselves at all How many of them have to figure out in a couple weeks and for weeks and weeks and weeks during Lent of how they're going to fit their homework and their extracurricular activities and church into their schedule? I am telling you that they need all the support, all the prayers, all of the understanding, all of our attention, all of our love and our person that they can get in order to just survive what they are facing. We need to continually bring them to Christ. Bring them to Christ. Bring them to Christ. And persevere in that. Not just ourselves in our own prayer life, but for our children. And never ever stop parenting them. Look at what you do to try to help them be successful in the world, vis-a-vis school. I want you to try even harder to bring them into the kingdom vis-a-vis their soul and their spiritual life by continually, with perseverance and tenacity, bringing them to Christ, no matter what the obstacles. Because this woman, she encountered obstacles. So let us draw near to Him for our own sake, and let us draw near to Him for our children's sake. And we will uh, be rewarded just as this woman is rewarded. Because if she had not exercised that faith, she would not have gotten what she wanted. You can believe that. Jesus knew her heart. He went there to meet her. But if she had not exercised tenacious and persevering faith, her daughter would not have been made well. That's something for us to think about. Because if we persevere in our faith... Not only will we be made well, but so will our children. Amen.